Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome back to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. We've got the same panel as this time last week, I think, and some similar issues to discuss as well. Paul Gorse, David Lynch and Kiefer MacDonald all alongside myself, Matt Addison. And we'll spend the next half an hour or so trying to work out what Liverpool do next once again. We'll have a little bit of a chat around the FA Cup replay as well before at the end of the show. We'll pick our teams for that game. But Gorsty, let's start with Brighton. You were obviously down there on the south coast and... I think it was fairly predictable, to be honest, which in itself is a bit of a concern, really. But I suppose it wasn't quite predictable that they would be quite that bad. Was this a new low, do you think, for Liverpool this season? Yeah, 100%. I think that's probably the, the worst thing about it all, Matt, is we were heading down on Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, actually, and you're just thinking Liverpool probably won't win this and it's probably going to be a really difficult afternoon and Brighton are favourites. And, and all that kind of rolled into one, just kind of sums up how desperate it's got for Liverpool this season uh, I was thinking of full time is this you know where does this rank in terms of the, the bad results that Liverpool have had under Jurgen Klopp and there have been kind of heavier defeats and, and whatever else but normally there, there was at least some mitigation around those performances and results and this one it didn't have any at all you know I, I think the first one that came to my head was the 4-1 defeat to Tottenham in when was it October 2017, I think, and that, that was just a bit of an off day. And Liverpool were, were so poor defensively, but they still had that thing where they hadn't bought the centre back in the summer, and it was still kind of leaving them a little bit hamstrung at times. And we knew the Van Dijk was possibly just around the corner, and you know every other kind of disappointing result that they've had has either been a little bit of an aberration, an off day. You know when when they were beating three 0 at Watford. And uh, when was it? February, was it? Um, 2020. Liverpool were about 25 points clear at the time and you had to forgive them for that one. But this one was just in keeping with much of what's happened over the last you know, four or five months. And this was probably the worst of the lot. Um, I thought Brighton thoroughly deserved to win 3-0. Probably should have been more. Liverpool were lucky to get into the break at 0-0 and, and that was something the clock recognised himself and he thought, OK, we're... A little bit fortunate here, but at nil and a half time, now's the chance to shake that off and go and put in a better performance and maybe we can still come away with, with something from this. But Liverpool got absolutely nothing and, and he didn't deserve anything, to be honest. You know, I was at Brentford as well and that was a, a bad one. But this was was a lot worse. Um, Brighton, you know, for all the plaudits that they deservedly get, whether it's Graham Potter in charge or Roberto De Zerbi now or whoever has been the manager over the last few years, they, they, they do play a lot of good football and get credit for it, but they're not one of the division's top sides, are they? This isn't going away to a, a top six side. They're a team who, while they do play good football, they are beatable, um, and Arsenal showed that. When was it? New Year's Eve, was it? So um, just a hugely disappointing setback. And as you say, it was a bit of a new low, and you're left thinking, you know, 
possibly excuses of, of injuries aside up top. You know, you're looking and thinking that's it's still a top Liverpool team on paper. So where did they go from here? And and you didn't you didn't really know where to start. You're hoping that Jurgen Klopp does, but I you know I, I don't know what the um the solution is. And I think it, as I said last week, it goes beyond more than just we need the midfielder. You know, as, as, as supporters have been saying for weeks and months, I think Liverpool need a whole lot more than than just the you know one addition or maybe even two additions. They need almost a, a complete reboot and some energy levels from somewhere and I don't really know how you go about fixing that. Yeah, I think Jurgen Klopp said it was the, the worst performance of, of his career in G. He seemed a little bit shocked on the sidelines at certain points. There was a, a shot on the, the TV of him sort of there with his mouth open, wondering quite what was happening in front of him. But I kind of see that to a certain extent. He wouldn't have thought that his players were going to put in quite such a, a bad performance. But at the same time, it's not like this hasn't been coming. Yeah, I, I don't really know why he was surprised because I had a similar feeling to, to Gorsi ahead of the game. So I, would, I was telling anyone who would listen that I thought Liverpool were going to get turned over quite handily and, and they weren't in the end. It, it wasn't surprising at all just because Brighton do a lot of the things that, that Liverpool don't like in terms of, you know, they've got that physicality in the midfield and they can hit a ball in behind you quickly and accurately when they, when they do have space in midfield. And that's just exactly how it played out. So really sure what Jurgen Klopp was, was expecting. I mean, sometimes you've got to got to take what he says in in public and in the press with a, with a pinch of salt I suppose and you know he's never really going to come out and, and go into the truth behind why things are, are going so poorly but if the, you know if he was being truthful there in terms of he expected more then I'm not really sure why because the, yeah these are long-standing issues and you know it's, it's getting to the point where you, you, you want to see a little bit more mitigation from his side of things that we do know that maybe there's a slight fitness deficit there a bit of exhaustion in the squad from what they did last season and and you know you, you you probably do need some fresh legs in that midfield, even if that's not going to solve completely all the problems. But I, I think I said on the the podcast before it that I, I would have liked to see. I don't want to see Liverpool go there and try and do the same things that they're trying to do all the time. Um, I know we sort of slightly switched it up in terms of setup, but I mean in terms of still holding that high line, still expecting to be able to press like they used to. I just think we just got to accept that that's not going to happen this season, and you know, would have liked to just see more from the manager in terms of learning. You know that that that's not a viable option tactically at the moment. You know, maybe this. You know, with him saying he didn't expect this, maybe this will be the straw that broke the camel's back, and we'll see a, a bit of a slightly deeper defense and more of a sort of a counter-attacking approach for the rest of the season. Because we know we know he can coach that as well. He's he's done it before with Liverpool. While you know, in the early stages, it wasn't this really aggressive high line, compress the pitch completely. It wasn't really like. You know, as extreme as that, so you know, maybe hopefully it'll be a little bit of a wake-up call on that from. But yeah, it's um, it, yeah, it came as no surprise to all of us, I suppose. Yeah, it was was interesting that the the change that he did try and make, Kiefer, was to kind of go with a, a two and then Thiago in front of them. It was still the same midfield three though, so it, it shouldn't really be a massive surprise that the same players put in a, a similar sort of performance and it didn't quite work. I mean, what what do you think that the fix is? I don't know whether playing the, the same personnel was was the right thing, but you know, what ultimately are, are the alternatives at the moment? I'm not sure there's anything obvious that you'd look at and say, well, do that and it'll all be good again. Yeah, I think that's the problem, isn't it? I think... You know, I was certainly surprised at, to see the same personnel as obviously last week, and I can understand it to an extent that obviously they had the week off between the two games, so you can you can maybe you know factor in that. But you know, I thought Kate had done well in in recent weeks since he's kind of come back, and I thought maybe you know if there was a game you know to kind of match Brighton's energy. You know, obviously, you know, there's been loads of talk about Casado, and obviously we've all seen what McAllister can do during the World Cup. I just thought everyone, as as David says, everyone kind of knew what to expect from Brighton. 
Um, you know, they're a well-coached team and I thought this would have been, you know, a game maybe to change it up and, and obviously he didn't. And obviously, like you said, it was that tweaking personnel. And I mean, to be fair, I spent the first the first half working out what formation they were trying to play. And I, I think the players did as well because it just looked so disjointed. There were so many gaps. Um, and then obviously that that kind of, you know, goes back into the defence, doesn't it, with the, with, the, with the gaps between the lines and obviously... You know, Matoma had, had a field day, didn't he? And so did March, um, you know, kind of just running in behind. And it was just relentless. And, you know, no disrespect, but when you've got like a 34-year-old Adam Alana, you know, who left Liverpool about two, two, three years ago running running the game, um, it kind of undermines, you know, the, the, the massive problem that there is with Liverpool at the moment. It's just the basics. I mean, the, the third goal of just tracking runners. I mean, I don't care kind of how many games you've played last season and, and that kind of effect that is, is the basics to, to an extent. Um, so I think obviously there was, as Gorsi said, there's, there's so many worrying signs, and um, I'm not I'm not entirely sure what he does do because obviously we've seen in the first half of the season that he has gone for you know a four four two or four two three one. We've seen um, you know a range of different formations, but you know he's he, he always seems to come back to this four three three, which obviously has you know you know been unbelievable for Liverpool over the last seven or eight years. But um, I just think as as David says, maybe it's you. Maybe you stick with it and, and maybe drop that line five or ten yards deeper because, especially in the absence of Van Dijk, um, and as I say, you know you've got two wingers who are willing to run in behind like March and, and Mitoma. Where you know it's it's going to be a long day for those defenders, and, and that was certainly the case on on Saturday. So um, I know we'll pick a team later, but I'm, I'm I'm really not sure how he how he plays tomorrow because. On the one hand, you know you can you can go full strength and and kind of get a, a statement victory if you want to call it that. But I don't think that changes anything because, you know, it's still the same players. It's it's still the same issues. It's it's obviously largely papering over the cracks as kind of was the case before the before the World Cup break. So, you know, I think it is obviously really interesting. And then obviously if, if you do get through tomorrow, you, you're going back to Brighton again and you, you kind of face those same problems. So, um, it's certainly not a simple fix. And um, I thought it was quite telling that. On Friday, he kind of it was the first time that he really said about last season and kind of openly admitted that. Um, and and obviously, as David says, you know, take everything with with his as he, what he says with a pinch of salt. Obviously, he he wouldn't have just realised that you know in the first week of January. But um, you know, if that is the case, then you would think that he would give players like Cater you know some some time because obviously you know look you look who played the running last season. It was obviously Henderson, Thiago. I know Cater played a few games, um, but it was large that midfield three. Um, and that back five obviously was, was so solid and, you know, you have players like Elliot and Curtis Jones who didn't really get a look in. So he has got, I know he hasn't got, you know, the options that he would like in terms of, you know, Diaz, Jota and, and all those and, and, and Nunes obviously at the weekend. But I just think if, if you are kind of admitting that, you know, there is a, a huge hangover at the club from last season, maybe to to switch things up won't be, won't be a bad idea because, you know, as, as Henderson said after the game, there's, there's, you know, there's no confidence in the squad. Um, you know, so you'd you expect a, a change of personnel, but I'm sure we'll see. Yeah, the, the confidence point is what I was going to come to next, actually, Gorsty, because, I mean, like what Keith has said there, you've looked at Adam Alana going through and, and sort of dancing around some of these players at, at certain times. It's not just an age thing and a sort of exhaustion thing. It's not just a tactical thing. The, the confidence looks on the floor, and I thought it was really interesting that I think Jurgen Klopp and both, uh, and Jordan Henderson as well, they, they both kind of mentioned that at the end, and, and that's that's not an easy thing to fix either. It's not, no. We spoke about it on Friday, didn't we, about Liverpool just kind of taking baby steps and just building, making a good start, building on that, slowly but surely, getting a bit of momentum and a bit of rhythm, a bit of confidence, and then you might be in a position where you can, you know, put a little bit of a of a run, you know, win a game and then put a bit of a run together, but it's just not happening, is it? It's, um, 
I think from what I can remember right in Saturday at Brighton was I think Liverpool have conceded now in 21 of the last 35 games dating back to um, the back end of last season and that is a shocking statistic really um, Liverpool are putting themselves in a position where they're having to score two to win games and at the moment they're just not firing at all are they? they're not they're not really creating too much in the final third and, and if you you know you're going into that with you know a goal down then more often than not you're gonna you're not gonna get anywhere and it's been um it's been a really poor run of games hasn't it for Liverpool since the, the restart obviously they a little bit unlucky at Manchester City in the Carabao Cup but you know played well in parts against Aston Villa but against Leicester were so lucky to come away with, with victory in that one and then since then it's just been a, a shambles hasn't it we've had Brentford and then the Wolves game which they sh- should have been knocked out of the FA Cup they shouldn't even have been given the opportunity to play this game tomorrow night and then um, obviously Saturday afternoon they conceded 13 goals in six games which is shocking really isn't it when I mean, you think of, of what Liverpool have been built on in recent times with the, the defence you know Klopp said there a few times about defending properly and everything starts from a successful defence and they absolutely don't have that at the moment. They haven't got much protection in front of them either. And it's just the, the, the players seem to be starting games as though they're playing in extra time. I think I might have mentioned that on, on Friday's pod. They just seem to be so bereft of energy. You know, it's as though they've, they've been playing continuously. You know, as though they didn't get a pre-season or even a mid-season break. They've just been playing... And playing and playing and, and the legs are shot and considering we're only halfway through the through the season, that is a is a massive worry. And even more so when you hear Klopp saying that they're not going to be doing any business in the in the window. He was asked about it again today, albeit you know, Alan Irvin who asked the question did try to kind of phrase it in a different way because I think if you did mention the T word, then Klopp would have jumped down his throat in a similar way to the way they call Markham on Friday. But essentially, you know, Klopp saw through it, he knew what was getting asked and he said you know, why do we keep have to why do we keep going on about transfers? I realise you might have to ask me while the window's open, but essentially stop asking me because nothing's happening and um where where the Liverpool go from here, I'm I'm really not sure. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, what what sort of solutions, Lynchy, do you think that Jurgen Klopp could try? I know we, we talked about it. I think you did a, a newsletter for us on Liverpool.com around having to, to make a few changes and maybe do one or two things that he probably doesn't really want to do. He, he might just have hit the point now where those things have to, to suddenly be worth a try. What what sort of things would you be hoping to, to see against Wolves and obviously Chelsea next weekend as well? What, what changes do you think Liverpool can make to, to try and, and get back to, to what they need to be doing? I think, like I said, just just maybe dropping that line a touch. I think you know I, I totally understand why managers don't want to do that in terms of like compromising the the, the tactical philosophy because it, you know the, the message it sends and you know they want to say that this is the way that Liverpool play football and and this is what you know potential players if they want to join it this is what you're coming into and this is our identity and 
And if you've got a solid identity, it's much easier for players who are coming in new to to adapt to it as well because they have an idea from the outside what it, what this sort of clock football that Liverpool should look like. But I just think if you just carry on doing this with the with the players you've got and the, the way that the, those players are playing, I mean, like, you know, he's, he's got an awful lot of individual talent there, and I, I think they should be playing much better than they are, but clearly there's some sort of physical problem there that isn't allowing them to, to press like they were. So if you're a yard short, it just kills you. It's so easy to play through. So, yeah, just, just dropping the line, dropping the, not just the defensive line, because obviously then you create huge gaps. I mean, that maybe the whole team and, and just as a starting point, say, OK, we're not going to go to Wolves on Tuesday and, and try and be this hugely dominant team that we've been, you know, for the majority of last season, for example, or when they were absolutely at the peak in, in sort of 2018, 2019. We're going to be a team that is very, very hard to get through, to play through initially. We're going to close all those spaces and, and, and be quite tight. And then, you know, Liverpool, they haven't got an awful lot of options in attack or not the options they want, but they've got an incredible amount of pace up front. So they, we, we know they can play in a counter-attacking way. Like I said, it's it's something they've done in the clock before and they know how to play that style of football. So I, I just think, you know, they were almost forced to become that dominant team by teams adapting their tactics to them. Um, you know, later down the line, and that's why they, they switched to that sort of uh, solidifying the midfield and playing through the fullbacks and just trying to have the load of the ball all the time um, and stopping counters constantly. But you know, I think teams have worked them out a little bit now, so there's there's an opportunity to just flip that and just be, like I say, just difficult to be. That that is a starting point will will allow confidence to grow. And there is, you know, the the, the players are there to play in a counter attacking way and and to to break at pace. You know, Liverpool have got that. So I I just think you, you have to try something different because it's, you know, they've, they've tried so many times now to to get back to the best version of themselves. And I just just don't think it's going to happen this season. And I'm not saying even that this change of tactics would would necessarily, you know, make them go on an incredible run and get top four. I just think it's about just in the short term, just trying to stabilise the results. You know, can you go to Wolves and get a nil-nil draw and not get hit on the counter every five minutes? That would be sort of a nice change and, and it just gives you something to build on. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly something that I'd be looking at, Kiefer, in terms of that counter-attacking stuff, just to to even just get to, to nil-nil at 60. And if you if you said to me tomorrow night, it's it's nil-nil on, on the hour mark, I'd, I'd absolutely take that already. I think that's, that's kind of the, the point that we're at really with Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, David's quite right in what he's saying. Um, you know, when they had the, the defensive crisis two years ago, they, they did that as well to an extent, didn't they? Uh, I think it was after that, that Newcastle game where they lost at Anfield, um, or sorry, drew at Anfield, didn't they, later on? And then after that, they kind of went on that kind of inspired run for the last five, six weeks of the season. And and, and largely that was, you know, after initially trying to play Kabak and Phillips in a high line, they they dropped it. And I think Kabak missed the, the end of that season for injury, but it was you know, Fabinho and Phillips, and then obviously Williams came in late on. But, you know, they didn't have the pace that, you know, Van Dijk and Gomez had had the previous season, but, you know, Klopp was able to kind of you know, swallow his pride in that sense and, and, and drop the defence. And, and and you feel that's kind of, you know, as David says, something Liverpool do need this season, you know, and, you know, they didn't, they didn't, um, it didn't affect them the following season. They were, you know, obviously they got the defenders back and, you know, you know, we all know how last season, you know, went. Um, but, you know, just in the short term and kind of with the, what's at stake now, I mean, the 10 points off at the top four. So, you know, it's a, it is a huge ask already, but you feel it's, you know, I think what is 19 games gone or 18 games gone. So you're not even at the halfway mark of the season. So it still feels retrievable. 
you know, only slightly. I think, you know, if you get to the end of January and you're still 10 points adrift, maybe it's a, a bigger ask. But I think with the games coming up, I think Tottenham go to United next week or, or, or vice versa. So that's, you know, a game that, you know, you're looking at and thinking, you know, someone's going to drop points there. Um, Newcastle, I, I know they got the late winner yesterday, but, you know, they, they seem to in recent weeks be finding it, you know, um, difficult to come up against, you know, teams who are playing a low block and maybe showing signs of, you know, not faltering, but, you know, certainly a more difficult period than they've enjoyed so far. So, um, you know, it does feel like there is a slight opportunity there. The door is slightly ajar and would really just do need to make the most of it. And, you know, it's not something you want to look back on in six weeks when you're at the start of March and, and think that, you know, the season's gone and then, you know, you start winning a couple of games. It is, it is really now Liverpool, Liverpool needs to put, put a run of, of some sense together. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it would be a massive asset David says to compromise that slightly because you know the proof is there that it has worked you know you know earlier in Klopp's reign and, and obviously more recently you know two years ago so I think if you kind of you can kind of make do with that and and then obviously you've got you know Van Dijk coming back and you may be going into the spring and you've got the two forwards coming back and obviously hopefully Nunes obviously in the short term will be back as well you would expect that obviously when you had Jota and Diaz who are you know two of Liverpool's best presses that you know, it will be far better than it was yet on, on Saturday. Um, but it just feels like this season is on the verge now, but becoming a write-off, you know, if you kind of put Europe to one side. Um, so I really just do think, you know, they need, do need to kind of get get a grip of it and get a hold of it. And, and maybe that can start tomorrow by, you know, a change of philosophy or a change of approach and, and you know, bring that into Chelsea or, or whatever, because, you know, that's I know Chelsea are, you know, 10th or wherever they are on the table, but that, that's a massive game in, in terms of they've still got quality there. They've still got, you know, world-class players, you know, in a similar kind of, you know, situation to Liverpool. But, you know, it's a big statement if you go and beat Chelsea on Saturday. I know it doesn't change the whole complexion of the season, but, you know, that talking about confidence and, and winning breeds confidence, I think, you know, you could, this is certainly not a bad place to start. And then, you know, the next home game is the derby and then after that Real Madrid. So, you know, if you can certainly start putting the, the foundation in, in, you know, at the end of this week with, you know, a change of, style or a change of approach you know it certainly won't be a, a bad time to do it the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo yeah certainly some big matches coming up that liverpool are going to have to improve their form on just before we move on to, to the fa cup properly ghosty just to, to finish you mentioned the, the transfer point earlier on it doesn't look like liverpool are going to do anything before the end of the month obviously cody gakpo has has come in and, and obviously found it hard to, to come into a team that's performing as it is at the moment. I mean, we've said it a few times, really. It doesn't really feel like a, a signing would particularly find it easy to come in and, and transform the midfield, but it, it does really feel like it at the same time. If, if they don't do one, nothing is, is really going to change. Is, is there any hope, do you think, in the, the next couple of weeks of, of that stance changing from Liverpool? Or do you think when Jurgen Klopp says it's, it's unlikely, it, it really is just a, at that point? I think I think if he had his way, he would, but I don't necessarily think it's up to him, is it? it you know, we, he mentioned on Friday about hinted at the money issue being a being a problem, and he hinted in August that sometimes he would like to take more risks. And you know, if they've just spent the best part of forty million on on Cody Gakpo, maybe there's nothing left in the pot. Um, so we'll see. I think when I don't know whether I mentioned this on Friday, but whether you know when Liverpool. Are willing to take kind of last gasp, you know, emergency last ditch moves for the likes of Arthur Mello and and they've, they've done it previously with Ozaka back and, and even Ben Davis to an extent. You can't really rule anything out anymore, um, because 
it is it is a similar kind of need at the moment. You know, obviously when Liverpool signed those two centre backs two years ago, they didn't have any fit senior centre backs, so they they had to do something. They absolutely had to do something. But um, when they signed Arthur Mello, that was kind of done off the back of Henderson's injury at Newcastle, and they brought him in. You know. Really quickly, really, I think they started making calls after midnight on, on transfer deadline day, and he obviously signed that day. But um, it's difficult to kind of second guess them at the moment. Klopp's obviously fronting up in public and saying that the business is done, but Liverpool are always looking. And if something comes available later on, who knows? But I, you know, I certainly do think it'd be like putting a, a plaster over a, a gaping wound at the moment, it wouldn't necessarily do the job, but I think they still have to look and still have to try and do something because we've seen Liverpool's best midfield on paper, for me anyway, on paper the last two games, offer up next to nothing, um, particularly in that game against Brighton. thought Henderson was absolutely awful. Thiago wasn't too far behind him and, and Fabinho's curious malaise just goes on. You wonder now... Um, has Fabinho been out of form for as much time as he's, as he's been in form for Liverpool? If that's not being a little bit too harsh, but um, you know, for, if you ask the supporters, they absolutely have to. They would say something absolutely has to be done this month. But you know, don't mean that Liverpool don't always um, do what looks like the the obvious thing. So we'll wait and see. Um, and I wouldn't rule anything out at the moment, except for maybe two Bellingham. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a, a tricky situation, isn't it? I mean, it's it's one of those that Jurgen Klopp admitted in the summer they needed a midfield signing. They went and, and got Arthur, and we haven't really seen him since. Not much has, has changed. I'm sure you know, the, the feeling is there that they probably do need one. It's just a case of, of whether one of those can arrive in the next couple of weeks. But we shall see. We'll move on to, to the FA Cup. We'll come on and, and pick teams in, in just a second. But just before we do that, Lynch, I mean, just in terms of the Cup, I'm sure... You know, for, for Wolves as much as for Liverpool, they probably didn't want to have to play this game tomorrow night. I'm sure there'll be a few changes within both of these teams. But does this almost become an important game for Liverpool off the back of what happened on Saturday? They, they really need to, to put in a performance and, and do something because, like Kiefer said before, you've got Chelsea and Real Madrid and Everton and a couple of these games coming up. They really do need one to, to kind of turn it around. Whether Wolves can be that, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's looking like the only hope of, of getting a trophy in this season as well, if there is some recovery from somewhere, but also just vitally important to, to have another game in front of them where there's a there's a possibility they might play well, that they might, you know, show a little bit of something that, that hasn't been there in recent weeks. And, I mean, you know, Wolves will change things up again. I'm, I'm sure about that. Their priority is staying in the league. So there's an opportunity there for Liverpool to, you know, show a bit more. But I, I suppose the big question is whether Jurgen Klopp himself sees this as a, an important one to make changes again. If you know what we've said so many times in this podcast about, is it a physical issue that, that that's there, and you know if that's the main problem with with Liverpool this season, and if it is, then putting more games into the legs probably isn't going to help. So you know it could be that he also puts out a bit of a, a, a crazy team really, and and one that you know maybe wouldn't expect to win. So. Yeah, it, it feels massive, but I'm not sure that the team selection is possibly going to reflect that, and then. Yeah, it could be any sort of performance, really. It's it's difficult to know what to expect at the minute. 
Yeah, really, really hard to predict, isn't it? Just before we finish then, let's pick our teams for that replay with Wolves. Jurgen Klopp said there would be changes in his press conference, but there's only really James Milner and Stefan Bacetic who are back from injury. Uh, Gorsi, I'll come to you first. I mean, Alisson played in the, the first game, didn't he? Would you expect him to, to play? And do you want to talk us through what your, your back four is as well? Yeah, I don't really see any need to, to, um, to change the goalkeeper. Back four... Um, it's a tough one, is it? I think I'm going to go Gomez at right back. The two centre backs can stay as they are. Simakash at left back. Um, and that's me back five. Yeah, I'm fairly similar. I'm going to keep Trent in, maybe go Gomez, um, and then Conate possibly, and, and Simakash at left back. Kiefer, which way are you going to go with it? Yeah, I've, I've gone similar to, to you, Matt. Um, well, I've gone the exact same, actually. Keep Trent in. Um, let Matt sit out of this one. Obviously, he had a difficult time with Saturday. Obviously, at, at fault for the, for the first goal with a sloppy pass. Um, obviously, you'd imagine to come straight back in uh, for Chelsea. Um, obviously, it's been a difficult season for Joe Gomez, and, and especially, you know, with, with every game now looking like it's a must-win. So, I would I'd probably just do that in the sense of getting him some minutes and, and, and maybe just taking Matip out ahead of, you know, as we start trying some, some big games. So, Matip and Canati and then Costas for Robbo at left back. David, which way for you? Yeah, I, I, I wonder whether he'll just go Kelleher just in the acknowledgement that this isn't, I don't know, I, I don't think he's possibly going to see the FA Cup as something he really wants to go for now. You know, you'll maybe see this game as a little bit of an inconvenience. So, maybe just throws Kelleher in. I, I've written that down just for just to give him a game and, and, and keep him involved. And in the back four, uh, I've, I've written down here, Milner, Gomez, Matip, Simakas. I, I, I put Matip in ahead of Canati just on the basis that he came off earlier at Brighton. I know it was because he was playing poorly, but, you know, in terms of managing their minutes or whatever, and Canati, look, you know, you can pick up injuries from time to time. So maybe that's, maybe just go to Gomez, Matip in there. And, and yeah, Milner at right back just to give Trent a rest. Yeah, I think all of these selections pretty much point to exactly why neither of these teams wanted a replay. But uh, <laughs> I'll stick with you for, for the midfield, Lynchy. Which way do you want to go with that? Yeah, again, a bit of a, an experimental one. I've just uh, just looking at who's not started the last games, who needs minutes, and, and gone with jo- Jones, Cater, and, and Bajetic. Yeah, I'm going to go with with Harvey Elliott. I think Elliott, Bajetic, and Cater, Gorsty, midfield three for you. Do you know what? I'm going to bring James Milner back in because um, just for honestly the, the basics of, of running about and getting stuck in a little bit, which has just been so sorely needed. And it's maybe a little bit Sunday league, but needs must at the moment. Um, so I'm going to put Milner in there. Um, Kater, see what he can do with the start. First 90 minutes or first start of the season would it be, I think. Um, and then... Let's go with Harvey Elliott. Kiefer, same or different for you? Uh, it's been a toss-up, really. Toss-up between Jones and Elliott for the for the for the final um, place. I'd, I'd probably edge with Elliott. I know obviously Jones has kind of you know played a few under twenty ones games, obviously just kind of get his fitness back. And Elliott's you know obviously after Brentford's been taken out of the limelight, so I'd, I would go with um, go with Elliott. But then it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you know I think obviously Cater takes the other place, but then. You know, behind the behind both of them, do you, do you keep Fabinho? Um, I mean, it feels like a bit of a toss up between between him and Henderson, who have who have both been pretty pretty woeful of late. But it's one of them. Do you just try and play them into form? But then, obviously, as Klopp says, you know, so many minutes last season, and, and obviously so far this year, do you just do you just take them out? Um, but I, I, I'll go Fabinho, Cater, uh, Elliot, just just for some 
hope of some structure in, in that midfield. Yeah, Curtis Jones was back on the bench, wasn't he, at the weekend, but didn't come on. I'm going to pick him, actually, in my front three. So I'm going to go Salah, Gappo, and Curtis Jones as the front three, Kiefer. I'll come back to you first on, on this one. What's your front three? Uh, we're hoping hoping that Nunes is, is obviously, is as close as it, it sounds. Um, I'd, I'd probably just throw him, throw him back in, to be fair. Might, might be a bit irresponsible, but it doesn't feel like... Um, it, you know, Liverpool massively, massively missed him on Saturday. Um so I would go Salah, Nunes, and uh, Gakpo, but obviously t- to change if obviously Nunes, I imagine if he hasn't already trained or doesn't train later and, and obviously misses out. In that case, I would, I would expect Oxlade-Chamberlain or, or maybe, as you say, Curtis Jones. Yeah, Gorsty, which way for, for you? I think for, for me, even if Nunes is kind of fit, I probably wouldn't risk him, but uh, which way do you want to go? Yeah, I don't think he is going to be fit, judging from what Scott was saying in the press conference, but... Um... I did so with the idea of, of putting Elliot on the right and Salah down the middle and Gakpo on the left, but I think I'm going to go with Jones on the left, um, Gakpo down the middle again and, and Salah on the right. And then Chita finishes off, which way are you going with it? Yeah, just on the off chance that Nunes is fit, I've written him down. I just think he's one of those players that if he is, if it's not a risk that he would like to get some rhythm into him and, and obviously opportunities for goals, then Gakpo again, you know, get him involved in the team as, as much as he can and maybe give Salah a rest and, and give Doka a run out because I think he's he definitely deserved it in that little cameo we saw against Brighton and, and every time he's played so far this season, I'd like to see more of him. Yeah, I think yeah, we'll certainly see some minutes from him at some point, I would have thought. But uh, let's finish with our match predictions then. Obviously, a very, very difficult game to predict given we don't quite know what the teams are going to be for, for each of these sides. I'll start with 2-1 to Wolves on a cheery note. Gorsty, what do you reckon? Yeah, I've... I've um... I've decided to stop doing a Mark Lawrenson and just saying Liverpool are going to win every game. And I think that was the last draw from me on Friday. But I have tipped them to go through. I think they, they might win if it goes to penalties. And I think we might see a one-all draw. Kiefer, what do you reckon? Um, it's not going to be short of goals, is it? So I'll go 2-1 Liverpool. I'm not sure where those goals come from, though. But I think, I think they'll just go through and, and obviously... I doubt it will be within 90 minutes, but, but we'll see. Interesting. And Lynchy to finish us, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I like 2-1 Wolves. I, I, I think Liverpool are just going to make a few changes. They'll be a bit more disjointed and and yeah, just the form at the minute. It's just very hard to see them winning a game again. Is it? I'm sure they will, but yeah, not maybe not this one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they will at some point, but uh, quite when that happens, I'm not too sure. But uh, we shall leave it there for today's podcast. Then all the build-up in all of the usual places. We'll catch you all later. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.